0: Hello, I'm Keith, and this is my dad, Kerwin. Welcome back to Father and Son, a Star Wars podcast.
1: Thank you again for joining us on another episode of Father and Son of Star Wars podcast. Our guest today is Darrell Pulley, creator of Darrell's Wonderland. It is a YouTube channel focused on theories and analyses of all things Star Wars from canon to legends. He is also an actor, writer and director. Darrell, welcome to Father and Son of Star Wars podcast.
2: Thank you very much for having me, guys. Um, It's an honor to be here.
1: All right. Thank you. We're excited to hear about you as well. Uh, you are from Pennsylvania is that correct that is correct okay and uh, Pittsburgh is it Pittsburgh yep born and raised born and raised in Pittsburgh okay all right very good
0: so how long have you been a Star Wars fan
2: so that's for like pretty much all my life so um, it's a funny story how that started out because um, one of the only Christmas one of the first Christmases that I remember that was like back in like 2006 or 2007 i believe um so i at so christmas was coming towards the corner and um i wanted like you, know, you remember you remember the old psps right the old playstation portables
1: yeah i have the yes that
2: hard, yeah, the ones that are hard to find these days um so i wanted one of those with a um with a game i was very specific on the game that i wanted i wanted a wheel 14 game because even up to this day, I'm a Wheel of Fortune fan, and I even applied to be on the show back in February, so I'm still waiting to hear back from them, so, but back then, I didn't even know they didn't make Wheel of Fortune games for the PSP, so that's what I wanted, so I woke up early in the morning on Christmas Day, and back then, when I was a child, I was always, like, I had this tradition when I was younger, like, Um, I would wake up early and snoop at least one present, just one. I would leave the others to open up, um, when we all wake up. So it was the PSP, but it was this game called Star Wars Battlefront Renegade Squadron. So I was completely unfamiliar with Star Wars, like at all. I had no idea what it was. So, um, so I played it for a while, um, towards the afternoon when I opened up everything else, um, I was really fascinated by the story because it kind of takes place as far as the campaign towards, um, you know, the original trilogy. And it tells the story about about this elite squadron led by Commander Coursera and General Han Solo. And it goes up to Return of the Jedi. But since then, I started watching like the movies. Um, I started doing the originals first because some of my friends, his parents told me that, like, you should watch the originals first. All right, so I did that, and then I saw the prequels. But the prequels are literally my favorite, even though um, I kind of um, was—I um, grew up having a crush on Carrie Fisher. So that's how it came to be. So that's how I became a Star Wars fan. I started collecting. Um, I started collecting stuff like you guys have in the background right there. I still have collectibles right now that are in the box because I like to keep things in the box. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's I like, like lightsabers.
1: Yes. I like to keep things in the box as well, but you know I have young kids who like to take things out of the box. But uh, we also I'm,
0: think out of the
1: box. Yes, we also try to think out of the box, outside the box.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, so what made you decide to become a filmmaker? And did Star Wars have a, have an influence on your decision?
2: It really does. Um, so ever since I started watching more movies at, towards Star Wars, um. I was really impressed by the cinematography, the acting, and not to mention the music because Star Wars was one of the first serious movies that I've watched and um the um composer John Williams, he will forever be and he still is a music legend up to this day. So over the years I've seen other TV shows aside from Star aside from Star Wars and I was just really intrigued by the acting and the story and how these actors really put so much effort into these characters. So so when I um, graduated from middle school, um, I was signed on to be a part of this film camp called the Joey Travolta Film Camp. And Joey Travolta is the brother of John Travolta. And Joey specializes in this film camp for people on the spectrum and with other disabilities. So he would, he would bring his crew out to Pittsburgh, to Arkansas, to Bakersfield, California, and um, New Jersey. So the, the camp would last two weeks um, tops. Um, I started back in 2015. It, it was two weeks, as I said, and I really loved my first year. And then I went a second year, a third year, and a fourth year, and then hit, then hit COVID. But during film camp, I have made a lot of connections. Even one of my instructors, um, Barry Pearl, he played... Um, a role in the movie Grease. He was one of the T-Birds known as Duty. He's a really nice gentleman. Um, he really taught me a lot in how to, um, he gave me some tips with my acting and it's those tips and guidance that made me into a good actor and a filmmaker. Um, one of the last, um, I think my last year in film camp before COVID hit, um, Joey and Barry actually spoke to each other before film camp started in Pittsburgh saying that um, given how um, I direct, I have experience in directing and things like that, they wanted me like the first student in this film camp to um, direct like one of the um, films that the students would make because the film camp would be divided to three groups, um, the younger kids, the um, somewhat older kids, and then the older, older kids. So I was in Barry's room, So that would make me the middle. I just wanted to, and, I wanted to annoy him one last time. So um, it was this Lulu short film. It was about this Android, and I really loved directing, and I really loved working with these talented people that Joey brought with him from Bakersfield. So um, quite after that, and when COVID hit, um, since film camp couldn't really be a thing, all things considered, because it's not really worth it to jump um, state to state. I decided to um, sit down and go on setflix on my script script, um, writing website and okay, let's do like a Star Wars fan film, Um, let's just come up with a draft and after that, see how it looks, because fun fact that this script went through over 40 revisions, even when we were um, shooting um, this year. But of course, given that this was a Star Wars fan film, I needed to contact Lucasfilm to see um, where I go from here because my buddy, Star Wars Theory, up in Canada, had to do the same when he made his Vader fan film. They gave him two roles, they gave me four. I couldn't monetize it, which was a huge duh. And making money off of it was, it didn't even cross my mind because this is a passion for me. I cannot publicly crowdfund it, but there's a loophole to that. but so far so good i can't use any protected sounds images or logos and i have to make it clear that this is a fan film and not affiliated with like like disney and lucasfilm had no involvement so so yeah to answer your question star wars has a huge effect with my um filmmaking
1: and how did you find out about the uh the joey travolta film camp
2: all right so um my parents actually found that out for me because they know how in touch I was with acting and filmmaking because they've been noticing how I was able to get my uh, first uh, video camera at the time. It was it was an old one um, and it was low quality, but I had to start somewhere. So they figured that like, hey, what's a good film? What's a good cam for him that he can do over the summer because But for the film camp, um, the other summer camps I was sent to, um, I really didn't like them. It really didn't connect with me at all. So I just needed something that I can really like, like that I can actually be that I can actually be happy about because because I love film and I love acting and all the other, as I said, all the other summer camps were not doing much good for me.
1: All right. Uh, Let's uh, talk about your YouTube channel. Why did you want to start a YouTube channel?
2: Okay, so before I did Star Wars content on the channel and this was before it was called The Rose Wonderland. I forgot what it was called back then. It was such a long time because I had essentially I've had the channel for about five years. So my first few years, I did vlogs and I did pranks and I did reactions. Um. So, it, it, because I was inspired by this YouTuber, and I, I still watch his videos, though. His name is um, Jesse Ridgeway. He goes by McJuggerNuggets on YouTube. He was known for this, this, the Psycho series that he did on this channel, where it consists of his father constantly destroying his son's video games. And they do pranks, of course, but it's mostly destruction of video games. And back then, when I was younger, I thought that stuff was real. And they even did a finale when they had a vacation to um, I forgot where they went, but they were all saying it's a wrap. And it was just emotional towards the end, but they still do videos like that. And it's quite amazing. So I did vlogs like that, similar to that. But when I found like when I when you look over old videos, you just become like somewhat like disappointed. Like, okay, this is not really doing any good. So I got rid of all those videos. And then I just thought for a while when I was watching Alice in Wonderland with a friend of mine around this time when winter's about to head the corner, I was looking at my YouTube page completely empty. So I'm figuring out like a name for the channel now, like a new one. So I figured, um, okay, I need something that's not taken. I need something that's unique. I need something that's genuine, that that speaks to me. So as we were approaching the end of the movie. I just figured, okay, okay. Wonderland. Oh, Thrills Wonderland. It has a nice ring to it. So I did that and not long after I started doing Star Wars content. Because if you see my old videos, like you'll know that the audio is quite crappy, but um I had like this this really old um recorder where it's it's portable, but the um audio is trash it's pure trash you can hear me but it's trash and if you compare that to the videos that i do now you can hear that the audio is much clean but i had to start somewhere because my first star wars video on the channel was what if the ARC trooper 5 ct 5555 actually revealed order 66 like what if like anakin and rex actually took his words to heart
1: how many subscribers do you have currently
2: I currently have um, twelve thousand and five hundred, I believe. Um, I'm trying to at le- I'm trying to reach at least twenty thousand by the end of the year. Wow. Okay.
1: And how were you able to gain so many subscribers in such a short period of time?
2: Well, this has been a good five. Well, has been a good five years. So I had to do plenty of promotion. Um, it was just a bunch of hard work. I put um, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and a little bit of money into this because. Um, now these days, um, I don't really do the thumbnails anymore because I don't like how I do them. So I have a friend in Pakistan who's a proficient um, Photoshop designer. I would pay him some money to do, and he and he doesn't charge that bad at all. Um, I would just ask him for a certain thumbnail, what I would like in it, and he would just like know like, okay, I know what the video is about, so I know what to put in here. And then they would turn out just amazing. And then I would just put the thumbnail on And of course um, I have my Instagram where I promote my videos and I would just say, hey, new video. And I would put the thumbnail up. And of course I would give him credit because I would like him to um, to get some recognition and of course some credit and maybe some followers while while it happens. So so yeah, um, aside from the subscribers, um, of course it took me at least five years, um, say about four years to get monetized. so before the pandemic, I got like the um, notification that my channel is able to go under review for monetization. At first, I really didn't, I didn't meet the um the criteria because back then I still had old edit edited videos that I did. Like um, for example, um, a few years ago, there was this Uber driver who was um, screaming at this lady to get out of his car, and she was acting innocent, but. Uh, it's no brainer that she kind of started it before she started recording. So everybody was making animations about it. So I decided to make an, so I decided to take that animation, edit it and make it like a like like a helium voice. So the reason why I didn't make it because there was reused content. So aside from my source content, which I'm perfectly okay to use, I looked at my other stuff, like, okay, maybe I could take this off. I took off like a few videos and then I, Next month later, I tried to apply again and in in less than forty eight hours um because it, it usually takes a month um I finally got reviewed, and um I was actually able to pass the criteria and then when I got home, I was able to um monetize all my videos. I don't make that much right now it's it's enough for me, but when I grow in the future, I know it's going to um get bigger for me mm.
1: Wow, that's f- so at some point I, you might have had some videos that really connected with people, and it just went viral, and you might have picked up thousands of subscribers within a short period of time. I guess
2: I did. Um, some of my popular videos, like um, so the movie *The Rise of Skywalker*, where Ray hears all the voices of the Jedi pass. Um, I did two versions of that video because they're both flashbacks. But the updated one is where we have the live action Ahsoka. But the first one is where it hit over like 1.5 or 1.7 million um, views. I think it's 1.5 because the 1.7 one is this compilation of scenes of Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian. So, um, of course, like when you hear the voices, I would just like put like, like say if... um. Say if it's the first quote, these are your final steps, Ray, rise and take them. Of course, I would put like a scene of Obi-Wan there, then Anakin, Ahsoka, and Kanan. And then the line goes, um, the the rest of it is self-explanatory.
1: Well, I want to actually talk about one of your videos that has to do with Ahsoka. It's the one that's called, what did Ahsoka want to tell Anakin during Revenge of the Sith? Now we've heard unofficially, not from Lucasfilm, but we've heard in the papers that Hayden Christensen is going to guest star on the upcoming Ahsoka series. So we're gonna have the opportunity to see Ahsoka and Anakin back together. Um, Now, we don't know if it's gonna be in flashbacks or if Anakin is going to appear as a force ghost, we don't know, but let's say he comes back in the series as a force ghost, right?
0: So the last time Anakin and Ahsoka saw each other that we know of was in Season 2 of Star Wars Rebels in the finale of the show, of Season 2, The Duel on Malachor. This was when Ahsoka realized Anakin and Darth Vader were one and the same.
1: Right. So let's theorize. The Ahsoka series is going to take place after Return to Jedi. At this point, Anakin have returned to the light side of the Force. Let's say Anakin does appear before Ahsoka in a force as a force ghost. So here are two questions for you, Darrell. One, what do you think Anakin would say to Ahsoka? And two, now that Ahsoka has the opportunity to speak to Anakin, what would Ahsoka tell Anakin?
2: All right, so I'll give you two answers. But side note, um, I can tell that this is confirmed because um, in the past um, – for the season two of the mandalorian we have heard a lot of um stories that um katie shakoff will re- will reprise her role as so, um, live action boca ten and to double this confirmation that anakin is in it um i follow rosario dawson on instagram and twitter um she put up a photo of herself and hayden and she said sky guy they know see you soon snips <laughs> so um if we do um, if we do have a scene where Anakin's Force goes see, actually sees Ahsoka, I would say that they, that they have a lot to talk about, like, considering everything that Anakin has done. But I'm pretty sure Anakin would just try to tell Ahsoka that he's been forgiven and kind of like how, in Legends, how Anakin met up with Leia. Like, of course, like, he has a lot to atone for and how he's... a apologizing trying like he's like really remorseful for all the pain he has caused of course Ashoka would be would be justified to share some of her grief like he would she would be like annoyed with him like she would be furious but at the same time I believe she'll at least try her best to forgive him like it like it may not be like the first time they meet maybe it might be like a second time because of course like you can't just like change overnight you can't just like do thing like you can't like change overnight like you're like you have to do a lot of like you have to do like a lot of amends because over like 20 years of Darth Vader um spreading terror throughout the galaxy yeah that will take some time
1: that's a very good point right do you what do you
2: think
0: yeah probably because
2: what what do you think
0: because you know they were friends, so Ahsoka's probably going to be sort of sad, happy, but upset. It's probably going to be a flurry of emotions.
2: True. Yeah,
1: that's true. And I wonder if is going to feel that, has she been there with Anakin during the time they went back to try to save Palpatine, because Palpatine was uh, held as hostage by Count Dooku, that this may not have happened? So if we were at that point where, you know, we know what happened with Count Dooku when Anakin made that decision to do what he did to to Count Dooku, that if Ahsoka was there, she would have just stopped him right then and there and said, no, Anakin, don't do it. And he might have had second thoughts. And that might have changed things for him.
0: Although at that point, Ahsoka so, wasn't, you know, a character. She's
2: but like, If, oh, if, my if my we're God. talking- Yeah, but if we're talking like story-wise, then- um, so let us say that um, for that part of the story, let us say that um, Ahsoka did go with him, but for a short time and maybe, yeah, let us say that Ahsoka went with them and for the sake of bo and Mandalore, we would send someone like, uh, okay, because um, let's send um, the battle master of the Jedi Temple, Syndralic, because he's proficient in saber combat and he would... Um, tear them all in half hmm. um so let's say that um oh oh yeah syndralic was a like he was a complete goat like he knew all seven forms and he was really fast um like of course when popatine says kill him kill him now like you could see like you yeah, we were just talking a few minutes ago how we we, we had this plan how i was going to kill obi-wan and try to coax anakin into the dark side like we had a deal Like, I thought, like, what happened to all of that? That, like, that would be the moment where Dooku would rat Palpatine out. And of course he would say, Anakin, he's crazy. Kill him. Do it. And of course, um, Dooku would, like, tell Anakin how Palpatine has been conducting the war the whole time, how he was the one behind the assassination attempts on Padme. And of course, this is where, Anakin would remind himself that, like, yeah, you shouldn't do this because you, it's not the Jedi way. Um, since, like, I took off, like, since he took off his hands, he wouldn't be much trouble. So, of course, um, he's an, un, literally, an unarmed person. So, of course, he would take him. Of course, the story would play out the same way. They would end up on the bridge. Dugu would be disgusted with Palpatine. I mean, when, not not with Palpatine with Dooku. Once they get back on the surface, of course, Dooku would um, present himself in front of the council and just tell the Jedi everything. They would go down to the Senate and, you know, arrest him. But this time, this time, Anakin would be with them, and instead of besides Palpatine, but this is where Palpatine would be kind of screwed. Like instead of just like standing up and just saying it's treason, then. He he would already know just by calculating, he would have like he he knew he would have no chance against all of them. Like, yeah, he could probably take out Kenobi, he would probably possibly take out Ahsoka, but um, the rest of the um, battlemasters like Windu, Fisto, Agan, Skywalker, and the others. So of course, this is where he would retreat to where to goodness knows where. And before he would leave, he would try to execute protocol sixty six, but that would only expose him fervor so that would be the moment where he would flash lightning on them and just retreat
1: hmm. so it, it would have not have prevented order 66 so order 66 was inevitable appar- apparently that was going to happen but you're saying that had ahsoka been there to stop anakin from destroying dooku and dooku did confess to the council what happened um, as far as Anakin, do you think he still would have turned to the dark side? Do you think uh, Palpatine really had that hold on him that even if it didn't happen then, at some point, maybe during Order 66, Anakin would have still turned to the dark side? Do you think that still would have happened?
2: So, given that, um, so in my theory, and I might make a video on this, so this might be my next what if. So, what if, so let us say that, of course, um, after Palpatine would escape, and of course they would end up finding him, everything would be right as rain, but we have to keep in mind, though, that after Dooku revealed everything, and after Anakin went to the council, after the Battle of Coruscant, none of those dreams that Palpatine put in his head was actually, like, put into it, because if Anakin didn't find that out, like, that Dooku was, I mean, that Palpatine was the Sith Lord, everything would have continued the way it did in the actual movie so since Anakin wasn't sleeping after the battle like none of those dreams were put in his head none of those premonitions or anything because Palpatine was the one that put those thoughts in his head because he knew that Yoda wouldn't help him he knew that um he knew that like the Jedi wouldn't really help him so yeah speak to your um grandfather figure and yeah hey Pops hey like I have someone who's dying here like like, is there a way to save it, right? Yeah, I can tell you the Star of Plague that doesn't exist. Oh, did I say that out loud?
0: <laughs>
1: and Darrell, by the way, your Palpatine impression is spot on. So do you, <laughs> that was really good. So do you do all the impressions as well? Because I've heard, you know, I, I don't know if you have an actor actually doing the impressions or are you doing those yourself?
2: No, I, yeah, I do not have a good Palpatine impression because there's too much me in it. Um, I have a few friends, um, Cletus and I have my friend Jonathan, who at one point in one of my videos where I actually explained this deleted scene in episode three where Obi-Wan talks to Padme about Anakin. um, My friend Jonathan was the one who um, did the voice of Obi-Wan. And of course, I just narrated Padme in my regular voice because I couldn't find anyone who would do Padme because I needed the video out at a certain time. Got
1: it. Okay, all right. Well, I, I thought you did a very good impression of Palpatine. Thank you.
0: So uh, can you tell us more about your family movie? Like where, where and when will it be available?
2: Okay, so The Fallen Apprentice. Um, we are still in post-production for the film. So theoretically, we should have something ready by March of 2022. So I, I'm still in contact with my editors and my cinematographer almost every other day because um my cinematographer Brian Chimini and without him I'm going to say this on the record without him this film would have never gotten this far how it is right now because when I reached out to him for the first time he was a college professor at the PTC the Pittsburgh Technical College I used that to my advantage because he told me he had access to a whole lot of good gear and the students to um to man it because some of the students did it um, for a passion, some of it did it because they wanted to, and others did it for um extra credits or something like that. And I have to admit it was, everyone was just great, even the actors, because I was familiar with most of the actors, um, like Valina Zatello, she was my leading actress. She plays Lavinia Corinne, she is the fallen apprentice in our film. And of course, um, Bogdan, um, Bogdan Haikato, um, I hope I said his last name right. Um, he's our choreographer as well. And he's one of the ones who, um, who handles the props because he has his own lightsabers. He has his own um, fencing studio and he does fencing choreography, um, fight choreography. And of course, there's sword and lightsaber choreography. So he's a very um, talented guy. And there's so many other actors that are in this world well, not too many we have at least 10 to 12 because we do have voice actors as well so this thing the fallen apprentice has been a thing for over a year we were planning to do this last year but um as i said by the time the script was done i heard of COVID. so i figured this should boil over another month and a month became a year but that did give me an advantage because i was able to find more crew members and I was able to send all these revisions out to say, all right, how do you like this? And I'm not that sort of director and writer that says, look, I don't care what your feedback is. I don't care what your opinion is. Just follow the script. No, if you have feedback, especially with a writer and a director like me, I want to hear it. Because if it's good and if, it, if, if, if it's going to help, I want to hear it because I don't want to give you guys like a lame duck script. Because, like, yeah, that's just my tentative. Like, it's not the final until we actually shoot it. So, um, if anything, we will have a trailer ready, hopefully around Christmas time. Like, that's my hope. Yes. But we still have stuff to do as far as post-production. We're in post right now, as I said. Um, We had to get um, a certain scene done because there was a plot hole that needed to be filled, so I needed to establish a scene to um, fill that up. We're considering doing a post-credit scene as well, so I don't need anybody to say, when we have a red cover premiere, because we will have one sometime next year, so I'll relay all the information I can on my channel, and I'll be able to relay it on the following Apprentices' socials, like um, Facebook and Instagram. Um, so I hope it will be sometime in March um, and we still have some voiceover stuff to do. And then once we have the rough cut, I'll have my composer um, get started on the music and the post sound. So once that's all done, oh. I'll- can...
1: yeah. <laughs> That's right, Keith is a- uh...
0: I'm serious. <laughs>
1: yes, he's, he's- I am serious. He We have an avid editor here, you know, he loves filmmaking and um, Keith also does stop motion animation, so he's very serious. You know, he's he's looking to learn the business, the film business. So,
2: yeah, I I actually had um, back on the channel before I did the Star Wars content. There was one video I remember that I it was a stop motion little short, if you will. It was a Lego one. I forgot the premise of it, but I remember doing it. Um, all I remember is that. Um, it was like a 20-second 20 20 second one, I believe, um, where this guy is continuously um, trying to pull the sword out of the clay, but for the premise of the video, it was a um, pile of rocks. He kept on falling down in the most um, funniest ways, whether he's rolling over and over, whether his head's coming off, whether his arm is stuck to the sword. It was just uh, really creative at the time, and of course, I was just learning to get into YouTube.
1: Darrell, congratulations on your 12,000 plus subscribers! Um, Thank you. Dude. Yeah. When your film is ready, we'd like to have you back on the podcast, and we can discuss it.
2: Of course. Um, so yeah, so we should have the trailer soon. Um, I'll be able to keep everybody posted. Um, as far as my next video, my as far as my next video on the channel, um, it's going to be um, an interactive trivia quiz on the Mandalorian season two. Last year, I have done um, interactive quizzes. Um, however, I stopped them because um, back then, I used to edit my videos at the library, and this was before I had my MacBook because I did my quizzes on Final Cut Pro, and you can't really do these good quizzes on iMovie because like, they can only let you have one text on top that's it they won't like like you they won't let you stack it up unfortunately
0: it's so weird and you can't hit the return button because then it thinks you're done typing
2: exactly there you go
1: right are you looking forward to the boba fett series
2: oh yeah definitely um i uploaded the channel on my trailer and i was really happy to and i was really happy to see it and in one of the scenes that I saw in the trailer, I really thought it was a meme worthy where Boba Fett is picking up on one of the melee swords and like striking it down at whoever the whoever's attacking him and Fennec. So if I figured if I would like stop it right there, clip that out and just like think of a think of a good meme caption, or maybe I could just post it and just say I'm captioning this, and maybe I can get something from um from my friends to see okay, maybe they can give me some inspiration on what to do with this meme.
1: All right. Yeah, so 2022 is going to be big. It's going to be big for Star Wars and big for you as well, Darrell. I can't wait to see your video. You can capture
0: it. Boba Fett is Boba angry. <laughs>
1: True.
0: And the funny part is that it doesn't rhyme.
2: All right. Well, all the best to you and your future projects. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. And thank you very much for having me on. Yes. Uh,
0: Where can people find you?
2: Okay, you can find me on a YouTube at Durell's Wonderland. Um, you'll be able to see my logo. Um, it'll be a kind of a damaged mace window face with the DW logo. It shouldn't be so hard to find. Once you put the wonderland, you'll see me on top. Um, for Instagram, um, it'll be at Durell's Wonderland, same logo. And I do have an actor's profile on Instagram too, like my personal one at Durell Pulley. So and um, if you do want to like the um, Fallen Apprentice page on Facebook, you can um, find us on there, too. And we'll be posting updates like we will on Instagram, behind the scenes photos and possible updates regarding potential film festivals for next year. Because, yes, I do want to put this in film festivals. I want to get a lot of publicity on this one. Absolutely. Thank
0: My you. mom can help with publicity. <laughs>
1: Darrell, thank you again. That's Darrell Pulley, creator of Darrell's Wonderland YouTube channel. Keith, where can people find us?
0: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts. All
1: right, thank you. And we also have a YouTube channel we uh just passed 300 subscribers so thank you congratulations thank you very much thank you for uh for those who have subscribed and please continue to reach out to Mm -hmm. others who may not be aware of our podcast we are also on facebook like us on facebook and follow us on twitter and instagram all right
0: and our website father all
1: right everyone so take care and until next time we will see you again